I'm Tommy Salmons. This is Year Zero. I am here with Austin Thomas Jones, the founder of Atlas Arms and the creator of the Dagny Dagger. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. That's a tongue twister, man. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? I'm okay. Um, how are you? Working, man. Working. Ain't we all? Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't eat that. Sorry. I just got done with pizza. I got an empty styrofoam container here. My dog's like, yeah, as you see, there he is. Good looking. Uh, he, he's trying to he's trying to get in there and see what see why it smells so good. So, ah. <laughs> um, well. Look, let's get rolling. Oh, well, tell tell us about the the Dagny Dagger, man. It's a it's a new product that you you've come up with. It's open source and it's armor piercing hollow point. Yeah, yeah. Which I found really interesting when I when I saw when I saw you firing it and the expansion in the in the gel, I was like, wow, man. For for an armor piercing bullet, that thing's got some like oomph to it. But yeah, yeah. When you explained how the jacket acted as the hollow point, I was like, "Oh, okay." So, can you give us a little breakdown of how you came into creating this ammunition? What made you interested in it, and then what exactly it is that it it does? Yeah. Okay. So maybe some background. Um, in you know, you don't see any armor-piercing ammunition in uh, in in gun stores now. You, you really can't buy it. Because in the 80s, uh, Congress passed the Law Enforcement Officers Protection Act under kind of the, the veil of, oh, protecting, protecting police officers. Um, and that banned the manufacture and import of armor-piercing ammunition for sale to civilians. Um, I'm a libertarian. Uh, I don't really believe in the state. I don't like that. that and... Uh, uh, that the government is able to use, you know, police officers, uh, soldiers, federal agents, they're allowed to use armor-piercing ammunition, and we can't. Um, so, you know, from a standpoint of equality under the law, I wanted to do something about that. And uh, the, the definition of armor-piercing ammunition is just like um, a projectile or a projectile core composed of like steel, tungsten, depleted uranium, brass, bronze, and beryllium copper, um, so it's really about the, the composition. So um, our bullet uses this exotic alloy that almost nobody's heard of um, to kind of bypass that, that uh, regulation and give access to civilians uh, in a way that's you know, legal. So you, you, know, you won't be taken to jail for, for uh, possessing it. Uh, and we won't be jailed for, for making it. Um, but we wanted to do this and, and to get back to you know, armor piercing hollow point or armor penetrating hollow point, um, you know, to make anything happen. And I think those who kind of understand the, the free market and how, you know, that kind of synergizes uh, our um, personal interests uh, as human beings. Um, I knew that if it was just, you know, it would just be kind of like an empty provocation if it could just merely penetrate armor. Um, so I knew that you know people would have to trust it to carry it in their carry guns and protect their homes and that sort of thing. And for that, people usually use hollow points because they do so much more devastation to soft tissue. So they you know they eliminate a threat faster. 
and I don't personally carry hollow points in, in my guns. Um, that's just, you know, some personal reasons, not that I have anything really against it. But I knew that we would have to build in a capability like that, even though it was it was for penetrating armor. So, you know, usually a bullet can be really good at penetrating or it can be very good at expanding and spending its energy, kind of devastating uh, whatever it's, it's passing through. Um, so we, the construction of the bullet is uh, two parts. It is uh, a core of that exotic alloy um, that is surrounded by a polymer jacket, a plastic jacket. And uh, a lot of people think this, uh, this jacket is, um, is a sabo. It is not. It is bonded to that core. It is one, you know, it is one cohesive piece. Um, so when you shoot armor, um, the, that jacket gets entirely stripped off of the core, and the core is what continues to penetrate the armor. When you shoot a target like ballistics gel or, God forbid, you know, some kind of assailant in defense, um, both the core and the jacket stay together for some time. And as it goes through that, that soft medium, you know, ballistics gel or soft tissue, the, um, the jacket is peeled away and it mushrooms just like a hollow point would. Uh, and it gives you, you know, this extremely devastating wounding uh, capability, uh, far in excess of standard hollow points um, and then also it helps that the bullet is extremely fast, which, uh, which helps it do more damage in soft tissue and also helps penetrate armor. What? Okay, so there are things about this that excite me. Not, not the least of which is that it's open source and, you know, which we can get into how that works. Uh, I know that you, you're working on a project uh, to, for the ghost gunner and, and things of that nature. But the, one of the concerns that you might hear um, when, when, when uh, looking at this particular type of ammunition is its penetrating ability. And its ability wants it, like if you, if you have a target, like you said, God forbid, somebody's in your house, an assailant's in your house, you fire the round that's made to penetrate armor that it might still go through a wall or something like that and hit hit somebody. So yeah. are there any precautions that you are able to take to be able to p penetrate armor and, you know, slow it down upon the exiting of, of a potential assailant? Yeah, that, you know, that's really hard to do from a technical standpoint. I don't have a great way to do that. Uh, you know, we could, you know, farther on down the road, when we have this product to market and we can afford some more development, uh, you know, we might be able to make a variant of this that's like frangible. So you can still get that devastating effect and, it, you know, break up. But right. for now, yeah, I would tell people, you know, I would recommend when we go to market that you, you, you know, use this in your carry ammunition when you're just out there, put it in your, you know, for your car gun or whatever. Um, but yeah, if you live, if you live with a bunch of other people and you're worried about this thing going through walls, yeah, this is not, this is not the round for you. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know. I, Cause I, I know like a lot of people use like a 20, 20 gauge for that particular reason, because you mm, don't have yeah. to worry about it going through walls and things like that. So yeah. They, I use a shotgun myself. So yeah, a lot of people, like a lot of my family members use 20 gauge over 12 gauge because a 12 gauge can potentially penetrate, you know, sheetrock and and hit somebody on the other side of the wall yeah. or the 20 gauge is much less likely to to penetrate you know mm -hmm. i mean i know people like 
for a while I had, you know, a 410 with home defense rounds in it. Like, and I think, yeah, there's plenty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, okay, so you were talking about there, the, the type of, uh, it's not a metal, and I don't want to use the wrong terminology, but that you're using in that in the round itself is something that the ATF doesn't uh, qualify as armor piercing. How much more expensive does it make the, the round to produce? Unfortunately, quite a bit more. Uh, you know, and that sucks, but uh, you can just chalk that up to, I mean, it's the government's fault. We could have yep. used steel, but it's banned. Right. So, uh, you know, like, when we come out to market, unfortunately, uh, you know, these rounds are going to be like two and a half dollars each. Okay. And, you know, that that's a lot. We want to bring it down. We think that over time we could bring it down to uh, $2, even a little bit less than $2, but that material is just so expensive. Um, yeah, we're doing what we can, but, you know, this yeah. is the only way. Yeah, no, I just figured I just figured I'd ask that because whenever you were talking to Pete about it, I was like, this sounds like a way you can make a lot of money. Like, but I bet these these rounds are going to be like you know the the Smith and Wesson five hundred rounds where they're going to be like four or five bucks. Each. Yeah. <laughs> well, not not that expensive, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I figured though you'll you'll just buy a box of twenty of them and put that put that in your gun and then you're good to go. And right. Then, I mean, yeah, so. you're not going to be target shooting with these rounds. I mean, right. You know so. Yes, but no, like you said, they sound like they're really good for home defense or personal defense in your car on your person. So, yeah, and I'm excited about it because I know there for a while, I think now it's the market's kind of leveled out on the supply of nine millimeter. But but with you running with nine millimeter, a lot of people were having a lot of a lot of trouble finding nine millimeter rounds there for a long time. Yeah, yeah, and I I think they still are. Yeah. I just called uh I just called somebody and they were telling me that the the run the run isn't so bad at right now that well, that's most good. people that are going to stock up on it have stocked up on it and so it's pretty much leveled out. That's good to hear. Yeah. So, but but yeah, you never know when you're going to run into that situation and having the having the open source material to be able to create your own rounds, um, especially a very effective round, you know, especially with the advent of AR 500 becoming so popular nowadays. I mean, you know, I remember 10 years ago, you never heard about anybody buying body armor, you know, but I mean, turn on, turn on any, any conservative host, you're, they're selling body armor nowadays, you yeah, know, an yeah. AR 500, I think is probably the bigger, you know, Man, we, we, we've been having, we've been wanting to buy armor to test with, you know, right. and it's been hard because the demand for armor is through the roof. Uh, just about anywhere selling armor has like a three month lead time. It's wow. nuts. That is yeah. crazy. Yeah. She's, I, you know, and I heard, you know, and I don't want to get off onto the tangents of the, like all the riots and all that stuff, but I heard that like a lot of those guys are actually, you know, ordering armor to to be wearing out there you know in the protesting and stuff like that you know so there's this high demand and it's not you know it's 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 from people that could potentially hurt you are going to find out about this people that break into your house 
may potentially be wearing body armor nowadays because it's becoming yeah. so popular. So it's not a bad idea to to have that that round at your disposal and and be able to defend yourself, you know, assuredly. You yeah, know, I, I, I'm sorry. I was just gonna. No, I was just. Know. I was just saying that when I first heard you, I heard you talking to uh, Sherry, who who introduced us, mm-hmm. and I listened to that interview. And when you first started talking about it, all I could think about was a uh, lethal weapon. When Danny Glover <laughs> throws the Uzi, he's like, yes. stop killers. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, you know, that movie is like partly to blame for the band. That's what got everybody all freaked out about it in the 80s. And that's, that's why. Because they kept calling them cop killers? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, what are, what are you going to do? I just. <laughs> well, that's how propaganda works, right? Think of the children. Think of the cops. You know, that's how it goes, right? Think of the cops' children. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Think of the cops' wife. <laughs> well. <laughs> we may need these on the, on, on the street. We got to think <laughs> of the cops' wife. <laughs> Somebody has to protect her. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's a little bit edgy, but yes, that's what there's, there's, there's validity in that. I mean, look, I, I tell people, you know, they're like, "Oh, do you want to kill cops?" I'm like, "No, I just don't think there's a meaningful difference in cops and other people." Uh, we make this round so that you know you can be effective against armored assailants, and I don't care what the profession of the armored assailant is yeah, it doesn't matter to me if somebody's breaking yeah. into your house you need to defend yourself you know right so use at your own discretion obviously yeah. so all right so i heard you and pete talking about the the amount of time that this project has been going on yeah. and during that conversation he brought up whether or not you had been approached by the government and and contractors in that nature so you had kind of you had kind of started going on that and then you backed off. You're like, I'm sorry, I could talk about this all day. So let's talk about this all day. Oh yeah, okay. Tell us about it. Tell us sure, it'll be just a, just a follow-up. Um, so we work with a, a crowdfunding site, Gun Dynamics, which is specifically for firearms projects. Uh, Cause you know, we'd otherwise, we'd get kicked off of like Indiegogo and Kickstarter and those others for doing gun stuff. Right. Um, but you know, this site, they've been definitely you know, friends for us. And even though they're really not quite comfortable with the project, they still hosted us because they believe in us putting, you know, our, our idea out there. So props to them for being kind of open to it, even though it makes them uncomfortable. But uh, there are definitely like the traditional like NRA boomer fud uh, gun guys. And, um, you know, all of them were like in the army um, and now they, they work with like the more traditional industry that would, that it would of course never, you know, give you armor penetrating ammunition because the government doesn't want it and it's kind of risky and all that. And they've, you know, they always want to add value and they want to like, they always try to hook up their, their companies that they work with, hook them up with investors and industry contracts, uh, industry contacts. And uh, they wanted to hook me up too. Uh, but you know, like the guy that's like, oh yeah, you, you'll love this guy. He's really interested in your technology and he wants to get you a government contract. And, and, uh, would you be interested in talking to him? Well, I'll talk to him, but, uh, you know, he wants me to make it with tungsten, make it with steel in, uh, in ways that, 
the government doesn't allow civilians to have. So kind of my answer is like, you know, I'm not going to make a special form of this bullet for the military. Like the whole point of the project was equality under the law to make sure that civilians had the same thing that the government agents are using. And I'm not going to like go in, you know, in the other way. Um, But that's it, you know, like, essentially the first like real big gateway I had into the firearms industry. um, It was just like, how are you going to get this to the government? And I I mean, that that's what the whole industry is built on. You know, they, they think of the commercial industry and selling to us peons, you know, as like uh, just kind of a bonus revenue, because of course, like the government has an infinite supply of other people's money to dump into all these companies. So yeah, it's like, it's actually hard to use the existing infrastructure of the firearms industry if you specifically aren't trying to work with the government. So. Uh, yeah, it, have, have any other, uh, have any organizations agreed to work with you, like Gun Owners uh, of America or anybody like that? I know they're, a um, bit, they're not quite as bootlicking as NRA, so I, I just... I don't, uh, so not the Gun Owners of America, not the Second Amendment Foundation. Um, But, you know, we haven't, like, reached out to them. Not that I would think that they would have issue with our project. I will say um, we have a very strong connection, and I don't want to go into too much detail to, like, uh, betray his confidence. If there is any, I just don't know. I'd have to check with him. But we have a very, very strong ally uh, on our team that kind of works for Atlas Arms now. who is a, a big, um, he's a big player in the Firearms Policy Coalition, okay. um, which is, you know, a smaller organization, but still like a, a gun, like a really strong gun rights, uh, you know, organization. Um, and, and, you know, I should say, like, since we've released this demo video recently, we have gotten some, some interest from from investors that are typically in like the crypto space, you know, typically like in the, in the Bitcoin community. And they're saying like, yeah, we're, we're interested in, in this kind of thing. And it's just, it's just having to come from a separate, a separate crowd, you know, we're in the gun industry, but the gun industry doesn't want anything to do with us. So we're kind of having to build this like parallel structure to do what we're doing. Yeah. Well, and are, are there, I mean, I guess you would almost want to take advantage of of the the technology behind Bitcoin that 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 peer to peer technology, um, so to speak, so that in order to to spread the files around to avoid a lot of the things that we saw Cody Wilson go through whenever he would release yeah. files and then you get lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit. Have you been facing any of that? Have you been getting threatened uh, by any governors or states as of yet? No, not yet. Uh, and I think there's a few reasons for that. Number one, the product's not out there yet. So I, I still think, <clears throat> I mean, and of course, like we're in an election right now and, and other stuff. Uh, gun control actually isn't very popular right now. And that's a really cool thing to see. Of all people, every town for gun safety, you know, one of the big gun control lobbies, they sent me, uh, I guess they don't know who I am, but they sent me some of their... Um, their election flyers. And even though they're a gun control organization, they didn't uh, like gun control wasn't even on the list of issues they were talking about. Like they want you to elect gun control politicians, 
but they're not even talking about gun control. It's so unpopular right now. Um, do you so, think, uh, what do you think? Do you think like three D printing and and uh, the the ghost gunner have have made it far enough into the mainstream as far as the production of guns that they're kind of realizing that there's not much they can do about it? I think some of them are. I mean, the politicians themselves, I think, are largely clueless about everything in the world. Uh, but um, no, the, like, there's a guy recently um, who wrote a book and he mentioned the Dagny Dagger Project in the book. And this guy is like, he's an academician in the world. Uh, he's, he claims to be a homeland security expert. And I think he is. He, he works as like a consultant with, you know, the typical like corporate government security that you would imagine. And he wrote this whole book about gun control as it applies to ghost guns. And he essentially came up with like his conclusion in the book is that, you know, with 3D printed guns, with like 80% receivers and stuff like that, uh, gun control efforts needs to stop relying on what he calls supply side regulation and start relying on other methods. So he's, he's saying already, like even the thinkers of the gun control side are thinking about like, man, we've kind of lost the fight controlling the supply of firearms. We got to think up some other way to try it now. Right, right. Well, and it, it with, you know, Cody Wilson turned it into a first amendment issue. It's no, I mean, it, it's almost not even a second amendment issue now with all the yeah. technology that we have available to us. It's just a matter of, you know, spreading the, the information around. One of the things I found weird, and I did this just kind of to get the pulse of what your typical two-way gun shop owner thinks about what's going on. Mm -hmm. So about a year ago, I went and talked to a guy in a little gun shop about the ghost gunner. And you, I was shocked that he wasn't like, really, you can buy this? I can be making my own 80% receivers and selling them and not have to deal with all these manufacturers? He got really mad. He was really upset. I was like, what are you mad about, dude? This is a new market that's open to you. Nobody else knows about this, apparently. Like, you didn't know about this until I just told you about it. Imagine what you could do with a $2,500 investment, you know? And he just, he was like, well, that's illegal. And I'm like, no, it's not illegal. He's been to court. <laughs> it's not illegal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's like the normal NRA FUD, you know, what, what are you, you would do? just, you would just expect them to be like, Oh, wait, there's opportunity. You know, yeah, yeah. I live in a, I live in podunk nowhere. I have hardly any business. I can create my own receivers. I can label them myself. I can come up with my own brand. You know, it's, cool. it's, it's like, come on, man. Don't you have any ambition? Don't you think outside <laughs> the box at all? You know, but that this is what the state has told me. This is what I know to be true. And this is what has worked for me. Yeah, but how well has it worked for you? You know? Yeah. 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 You're not franchising. <laughs> so. Yeah. So like I, I, I tried these days, um, you know, ever since like a couple months ago um, and, you know, thinking about, you know, this round of publicity around this video and stuff and like kind of what my message should be. And it kind of came to me, um, there's another guy in the 3D printed gun community who kind of coined this term, the militia industrial complex. And I started to think about it, like, yeah, that's what we're doing. And like, like this guy, you know, there is, because the commercial gun industry, it's really just a spinoff of the traditional military industrial complex. It's the same corporations, 
They're just trying to make some bonus revenue. And because they do all their business with the government, they, they don't care about this stuff. Like, like I was saying before, and it's gotten even to like the local gun shops, like this guy you right. talked to. So, you know, I feel very strongly like the 3D printed gun guys and like us. And there's a couple other companies out there that I think are kind of doing work like this. Um, but yeah, I, we're, we're kind of doing our own thing now and we're making something that's completely different. There's going to be gun shops that aren't like that guy right. that are completely, you know, all about completely free firearms technology and that kind of thing. And I look forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, um, it's an older guy, you know I mean? He's more, more traditionalist. So I think as the generations kind of move on, you're going to get more of the, you know, technologically savvy, those that understand this, what we're talking about, this type of culture a little bit more than this guy. But I just kind of wanted to get a, get like a feel for his reaction. And I just thought it was really weird, but mm -hmm. you know, but it's really, but it, it, but it goes with your product as well with the Dagny Dagner. This is something that you can open source. You can be, be creating it on your own in your own shop and selling boxes of your own ammo, you know, and who's going to, who's, you're not, you don't have any cutback. You don't have to go and pay, pay back some, uh, some big corporation. You don't have to pay Remington or Smith and Wesson or whoever, you know, is manufacturing. That's right. So, so why not get involved in it? Why not try to, take advantage of the gray market that's available because of the internet and what's what is the technology that is moving us forward into yeah, the yeah. you know total recall reality or whatever <laughs> we're going <laughs> people want to say 1984 i'm like blade runner man <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so so you uh, you said you have uh, what you're trying to do is you're trying to come up with the technology for people, kind of like the ghost gunner technology, for people to have their own machining technology and presses and things like that to be able to create these on their own using the technology that you create. So how's that project going? Yeah, I really look forward to it. So um, again, you know, for for us, Alice Arms like the, the Dagny Dagger cartridge itself is still in development. So, you know, we'll be done with that pretty soon. But, you know, that that's priority. So all these other things, you know, we've just begun to work with. Right. Uh, but, we, but we know it's possible. And, you know, the Ghost Gunner, uh, we wish it was, was cheaper, uh, but it, it is what it is. You know, that kind of thing just, just costs some money. Uh, yeah. But since it's becoming kind of like the standard uh, machine to do it yourself with gun technology, we actually want to, you know, I don't know if your listeners, I don't even know if you, like, uh, the Ghost Gunner is a mill. What's called a right. mill? A you know what a lathe is? Yes. Okay, great. Um, so we're going to add, an, a, we have an add-on that you can uh, attach to your Ghost Gunner. Uh, it might cost, you know, like $200 or something like that. Okay. They will add lathe capability to the Ghost Gunner. So instead of the ghost gunner having a tool that spins and that cuts away at, at your workpiece to make a gun, right. instead you'll put uh, a rod of material as your workpiece in the spindle, it will spin, and then you'll have a tool center that will, that will cut down that rod. Oh, and nice. uh, so we're excited about that. That's our method to have the ghost gunner make the Dagny Dagger. Uh, but, but it's not just that, right? Because if you have that, that opens up the opportunity for you to make any kind of bullet with the, with the ghost gunner. 
right. uh, you can you can machine anything, and hopefully, you know, there'll be other people designing different kinds of bullets for different purposes. Uh, and then uh, your ghost gunner can, you know, whatever, all of these these different designs, it can make that. So we're planning planning on that. And then uh, we think the jacket, that, that plastic outer part of the bullet, we're pretty sure that can be 3D printed, but we're still working on it. Yeah. Yeah, you can probably do it. I, I, I haven't messed with a lot with the 3D print, printer, but I've, I've watched some people do it. I, it's so small, I don't know. <laughs> it just the the hollowing out but i'm sure you know some more oh, well, well a, a 3d printer you know like it, it it's additive so you know you don't you're not cutting away you're just adding material the oh is that, that how it, is that how it works yeah yeah but i mean like you can use the ghost gunner to do the jackets also uh it's just you know more complicated to do the jackets than it is too, the wouldn't, it? wouldn't it be heavier to do it that way well, no, it'd still be made out of the same plastic. Oh, you would still be able to make it out of plastic? Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll be worried about a CNC mill, like, tearing tearing it to shreds. But. Uh, you know, it should be pos possible. I mean, there's no reason why it wouldn't be. We just, again, we haven't been able to spend the time on it yet. Yeah, yeah. And, and y'all, and how far are y'all away from market? Uh, did you say, I did I catch it right when you said about 2022, when... Yeah, I think so. Uh, because like normally when people ask and like, you know, we're a nonprofit organization. And, uh, you know, I personally, I put all the money I possibly can into this. I don't have any more to give. So we have to rely on the donations of other people to move forward. And we haven't met our funding goal yet. So we have to move at essentially like the slowest, most conservative pace in order to, you know, you know, do it cheaply. But right. Uh, anymore, you know, we're, we're having a really good success with the funding drive, uh, after releasing that video. And, um, you know, if we, when we meet our goal uh, for, for crowdfunding, I think we could do it faster. I think, uh, we could start developing maybe at the end of 2021. Um, if, again, if we get our funding and that's, that's a big part of it. I, I hate to, I hate to ask people for that, you know, right. but this is the only way, you know, doing it as a as a nonprofit, that's the only way we could do it and then just give it away because you know well, investors and, yeah that, and that's the thing that the, as an investor you're eventually going to get your money's worth because you're going to get the product you know mm -hmm. and, and you're giving away the open source material well what i was what i was curious about because i know you do have other projects that you were excited about coming up um after this is completed yeah. I was curious, are you, are you like looking to a, a situation to where you think that you're going to be able to, to market and sell enough of the ammunition from, uh, on your own that, um, that you're going to be able to fund the other stuff? Yeah. And, uh, cause this is kind of, I, I just realized recently that I think people didn't get this, uh, cause we can't be, uh, a nonprofit and um, and make ammunition. So we're gonna have to open up like a, a, a traditional company uh, for profit to, right. to manufacture. But the cool thing about that is as we make money selling this ammunition, uh, you know, we will have like a tax obligation to the IRS or whatever. The cool thing is though, we'll take our tax obligation and we won't pay taxes. We'll just get tax credit shipping that money back to the nonprofit to develop the other products. So, I mean, it's this great marriage between the two. And, right. uh, you know, the more successful we are with the ammo, the, then the, the more of these other projects we can develop. Right. 
Well, I think people should be excited about this because this is this is definitely a step towards freedom. Like, it, 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 uh, just a huge step. I mean, as much as the ghost gunner was, this is as well. Because, you know, one of the things I've always, Boogie, please stop. One of the things I've always concerned myself with was that when when the politicians and when the left figure out that they can't control guns that they're going to go after the ammunition and the ammunitions manufacturers. Yeah, I think so Always too. Up. Yeah. <clears throat> how is this um how does how does uh creating the Dagny dagger uh, compare to to those that that load their own brass at home? Yeah, so uh I mean it's it's kind of the same thing. So, uh you know, if you're if you're going to load your own ammunition, you need the bullet, like the actual projectile, right. you need the brass case, the powder, the gunpowder itself, and the primer. And, um, you know, the DIY gun community, and, and I, I'm friends with a lot of the DIY gun guys, uh, you know, a lot of the, the, the printed gun guys, and we're kind of all working on this together in different ways. Um, of course, the Dagny Dagger gives you a way, you know, if you're loading at home, then you don't have to be scared of like, uh, you know, bans on buying cartridges of ammunition because you can just make your own. But what if they ban or what if they restrict, you know, bullets, brass, primer and powder? That's that's the question. So the Dagny Dagger, of course, is like the first of those. It gives you a way to make a superior projectile at home and then you can load it yourself. Um, we also have people working with uh, uh, making your own primers. Uh, and in fact, we've got, we're working on a project to obliviate, it's a project in electrical ignition. So you can just use an electrode that you can make yourself on the ghost gunner instead of a normal primer. But even before that happens, we got guys that are working on making primers with match heads and that kind of stuff. Um, we got projects working on making your own brass uh, and then the gunpowder. That's the really, really hard one. So, yeah, that's, you know, but, that's the trick. If you can figure yeah. out a way to bypass gunpowder, then you yeah, can, yeah. Uh, you, you're, you're in game just manufacturing yeah. everything on site. It's true. Yeah. And, you know, it's really, really hard, but, but people are working on it. And, uh, you know, there's more progress on it now than there was even just a couple of years ago. Oh, so, I imagine, yeah. I imagine. Yeah. I don't, I, uh, like I said, I don't keep up with the do-it-yourself gun community other than when I hear someone on Pete's podcast. Right. Like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> I'm glad they're doing this stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My it's ad. less about the guns and more about the freedom. Yeah, well, and, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about it just from a, a point of view just to, just to kind of make the whole political spectrum, you know, just useless. Just totally useless, you know? It would be nice. Yeah, just if they if they they can have all the power in the world, but if they can't use it, you know, in <laughs> any effective way, like whatever, man, I don't care. Yeah, someone <laughs> needs to someone needs to show them that they can't just write words on paper and control the world. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm like I'm all about it when I hear when I hear people talking about it, and I I've always said. Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn this do it yourself, you know, the gun stuff. I just man, I haven't gotten around to it. I you know, I'm out here on the road driving a truck all week long. I'm like, ah, oh, by the time I get home, I'm like, I don't wanna study. You know, yeah. I, got, <laughs> I got eight and a half acres I gotta work on. I have a wife, you know, like I'm gonna yeah, yeah. study. You know, so 
Yeah, so I just haven't spent the time that I should spend doing it. I got to tell you, just just from you know, maybe this isn't relevant, but uh, just selfish out of my curiosity. Uh, so I I kind of like romanticize you truck drivers. You're like the modern day cowboys. Like, how how is it for you? Do you, do you like it? I mean, I don't, I'm tired of it. I'm I just. <laughs> It gets old. I've been doing it for, I mean, I've been a truck driver since I was 23 years old. So 18 years. Wow. Uh, Yeah. I haven't been on the road the entire time, like over the road the entire time. But, um, you know, I've been married to my wife for, uh, since 2014. So almost, yeah, just over six years. And, um, so I, I don't like being gone all the time. She's from South Africa. So we did the long distance relationship thing for a long time. And so it's kind of like, I don't like being away from my wife and that's like my, or my kids. I have kids as well. From yeah, that'd be the worst part for me too. So that, that makes it difficult. As far as the job itself, there's a lot of freedom to it. Like you don't really get jacked with a lot, you know? Hmm. So I like that. I've always enjoyed that. Just the kind of, it's almost like you're a freelancer out doing your own thing. You know, they tell you where to go and when to be there and then, how you figure it out you do it you know is how you figure it out yeah <laughs> so it's not bad um yeah i can see like the whole you know cowboy thing or you know like gypsies you know rolling around in our in our vans but yeah, i think it's cool man I, I i've considered like doing that someday when i retire or something i don't know but yeah and you know there are there are a lot of companies um like if you get on with a bigger company and, and you're doing it as a retiree, they have what they call part-time. And basically what it is, is you just tell them where you want to go. So let's say you want to go to North Dakota or South Dakota for a week. Just say, hey, can you get me a load up there? And I'd like to spend a week up there and then you can get me a load going somewhere else and I'll spend a week there. And, and so they'll That's run cool. you these long haul roads loads where you may be driving for like two weeks to get where or or around for like a week and a half two weeks and then end up in a spot where you want to be and you can hang out there for like a week you know you're not getting paid for that week you're there but you know so i've heard of doing things like that you know or buying their own truck and doing it you know running on their own schedule they get to a place they like and they want to hang out for a couple of weeks you know like whatever what are you gonna do so so there are people that do that I heard of a husband and wife that ended up do that, doing that actually. So it's cool. not unheard of, you know, you 3d print your own truck. <laughs> it might take you a while. Okay. <laughs> you might want to start today. It might be done by the time you retire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but you're an engineer. Yeah, I am. Uh, I went to school for it, but honestly, I don't, I don't value, look, I, like, I'll say this, like, 85% of my engineering skill came from Wikipedia and practical experience, you know what yeah. I mean? So, like, I, I almost, like, wish that I could, I could open up Atlas Arms as some kind of, like, uh, apprenticeship. I, I don't think that school is actually that, that useful, but I, I have been a professional uh, engineer. I, um... It's actually because I was in aerospace, and unfortunately, uh, kind of the name of the industry these days is aerospace slash defense, uh, which 
you know, I'm not really into that. So I, I knew I'd have to make my own job doing that. And uh, I was lucky enough to hook up with a buddy of mine that I had known since kindergarten. And that's how I started uh, my first company. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very lucky. I'm lucky to have found an opportunity like that. Uh, so yeah, I, I worked there. Then I worked in the private space industry, which isn't so private because everything is just a government contract. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then I worked for a company making satellite communications equipment. Uh, and then, and then I came here and then I, then I did Atlas Arm stuff. So, um, I've been around the board and that's what I like. You know, I don't like, I don't want to be stuck in a cubicle. That is the worst possible thing. I want to move around, do more, you know, interesting stuff that, you know, combines different, different places, different things, different disciplines. And, uh, and I've definitely found that. So it's kind of, you know, what, what I, the knowledge base I've used to, for uh, Atlas Arms definitely comes from, from all over the place. Well, and you gotta, I mean, in order to, I don't, I don't know about, I mean, I imagine with aerospace, it's the same, it's very precise. But I know with, with ammunition, like you're working, you're, you gotta be really precise with what you're doing. You, you had said that y'all yeah. had run into some complications in that you were just about ready to give up and you yeah. tweaked one thing and got it to work. Can you tell us a little bit about that story? Yeah, so um, it, it, I, I tried to be a little bit reserved with the type of plastic that we're using for the jacket. Mm -hmm. But we were using a plastic called Ultum. It's it also is kind of obscure, but I think you know people have heard of it more than the alloy we're using. Um, and it's it's a really strong plastic. In like almost all regards, you would expect it to perform the best. Um, it's fairly expensive. It's um, it can take really high heat. It's very chemically resistant, strong, uh, and just no matter what we did, like you know we'd have a batch of three that would work perfectly. And then the next batch of three that we made almost exactly the same would fail. They just explode in the barrel. And uh, we couldn't make it work reliably. And we figured like, you know, it, it's, it's just time to give up. Then in our desperation, we switched to a cheaper plastic, a plastic that is, that's like, I think it's like 20% uh, of the cost of that other one. Um, very available, very cheap, uh, and it ended up working. And we still don't quite know why. We don't know if it works better uh, with adhesive. We don't know if it's because uh, it's more impact resilient, if it, you know, like it stretches instead of shatters yeah, or something. That's what I was thinking. Maybe it's a little bit more fungible. Maybe, yeah, know. yeah, yeah. It, it could be. Uh, we still don't know quite why it works, but we're really happy that it does, and we're really happy that it's way cheaper. Yeah, that's so. interesting. That's really interesting. Because uh, I know, like, like y'all were talking uh, on Pete's, like, it had been a year and, was it a year and a half? A year and eight months? Something like that? A year and a half, yeah. Yeah, y'all had spoken. And, and so, you had gotten, uh, y'all had gotten a lot of the funding i know and, and y'all y'all need a new um was it some sort of equipment that you're trying to get right now is that yeah, is that so, what i understood so we, we've had you know we basically have and we have had all the the equipment that we need to finish developing the the cartridge itself mm -hmm. but 
even when you've got a product, it's, it doesn't matter. Like we could say, okay, here's a Dagny Dagger and it'd be useless because nobody would know how to make it. You know, and right now, uh, we, cause I've got my, my small CNC lathe right, right over here. Uh, and that's what we use to make uh, projectiles now. But it honestly, like between measuring at those really fine uh, measurements and, you know, making this on a small machine like this, it takes us like, you know, half an hour to make every projectile. Right. So, you know, that, that won't fly because like if we sold that like half an hour of my time and the machine time, like you're, that's going to be, you know, 10 bucks around or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so, you know, at least. So, uh, uh, yeah, I was going to say that's kind of conservative. <laughs> yeah. So what, what really like what we're raising money for now. And uh, I'm happy. I'm so happy that, that, that we're doing better. And if that continues, you know, we can get this done much faster is uh, number one, developing the ghost gunner lathe, you know, the, the capability that will allow people to make it so easily at home. Um, that's, I mean, that's, that's a new machine, right? Like it's an add on that will go into the ghost gunner. We got to develop that. Uh, and then number two, we need to develop a way for it to be mass manufactured. So people that, you know, are making it in big quantities to sell it to other people, whether it's us or some other company, they're going to have to have a way to make it. And these projectiles are so different than all the other projectiles on the market. There isn't a way yet for them to, you know, just turn them out. So we got to develop that machine also, uh, that, that equipment and that, and that process. And that, that's really what we're raising money for now. All right. Well, where, um, give us all your plugs and everything. I'm going to have to get rolling here. And this guy is about to. Yeah. You're, you're going to get real strong fighting your dog off there. <laughs> <laughs> every time every time i do a podcast in my truck this is what i'm doing yeah hey it's not bad it's it's your brand man it's your brand <laughs> yeah every once in a while i'll be i'll be sitting in my front seat and i'll be i'll be on my i'll record on my phone through my headset and you'll hear him he has this like little orange squeaky bone and you'll just hear a squeak, squeak, squeak back in the background <laughs> so yeah, that's his thing. He's he's always got to be part of the show. So uh, yes. yeah, give us all your plugs, man. Where can we donate? You know, and all that. Good uh, yeah. So um, first of all, uh, we got a website, atlasarms.org. If you want to find out more about me and the other contributors, as well as the company, the project, that's the best place to go. Um, we even have like another project posted uh, that you can read about. It's not you know real exciting, but it's something that we can do with the uh, equipment we've had in open source because uh, we're a nonprofit company. Um, through our website, uh, you can find links to donate. Uh, you can donate um, USD, you know, dollars with a credit card uh, by going to gundynamics.com and we have a, a page there and you can get to that through that, uh, get to that through our website. Um, and, uh, but then also on our website, we have a page where you can donate Bitcoin, which, you know, most people prefer credit card, but among the Liberty community and uh, people, you know, they're looking for some independence, uh, they often prefer Bitcoin. So we, we've got that too. Um, you can check us out on Twitter for like, you know, day-to-day -day developments, uh, you know, videos we post as we do testing and stuff like that. And then uh, the last thing is, um, you know, feel free to email me. My email is austin at atlasarms.org or the company, Dagny, 
at atlasarms.org. And, uh, you know, please don't ask me like some of the stupid questions other people ask. Please read the website before you ask me information on the website. But uh, in general, you know, I'm open. I'm, I try to be as approachable as possible. Um, so, uh, yeah, drop a line. Cool, man. Well, I really appreciate having you on. I, I hope we can do this again. Number one, when I have a little bit more time and uh, I can get my truck to stay on so I'm not sweating my balls off. Uh, <laughs> you know, like drenched right now. But, yeah, I, I, would, I would love to do this again and, and get a little bit more information about this and, you know, more projects as, as you get them going on. You got to stop, dude. All right, man. Well, yeah, yeah. Reach out anytime. Yeah, I will, man. I got your email and we'll definitely keep in touch. Great, great. Uh, it's been good. Have, have a good one. All right, man. You too. All right. That was Austin Thomas Jones. I am Tommy Salmons. Late.